Gospel of John this morning, chapter number 3. I'm just going to read two verses. And if the Lord will be our helper today, we'll preach on this thought. Salvation, plain and simple. Salvation, plain and simple. You found your place in John chapter 3. Say amen for me. Verse number 16 for God so loved the world that he, begave, that he gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Doesn't that thrill your heart this morning, those two verses? My goodness, we, we learned about them in vacation Bible school. We learned about them in Sunday school. We've learned about them all of our life. Maybe, maybe you grew up in Sunday school. You had the felt boards. You remember those. And there was a cross and there was maybe a picture of God somehow or another. And it talked about how that God loved us so much that He died on the cross. Man, I, I, I just, I'm thrilled, Brother Kenny, to know that God loved me that much. But the title of the message this morning is Salvation, Plain and Simple. That was the phrase that was said some time back that we make salvation so hard. And man, it kind of pricked my heart. Not necessarily in a convicting way that maybe I have been guilty of making salvation too hard, but, but just in general, you know, and I asked myself the question, do we do that? You know, the church at Galatia, they were, they were trying to mix the law that they had grown up with, with the grace that God had given. And Paul went in there trying to settle all that and fix all of those things. Well, quite honestly, even in today's churches, even in good, fundamental King James churches, we tend to do that. And we tend to kind of heap on some things that might make your uh, your, uh, let me see if I can figure this out, Nicholas. We we try to heap on some things that makes being saved difficult. We say if you're going to get saved, you're going to have to do this, 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 and this. Well, according to the Scripture, and that's what I want to preach on this morning, there's only one thing that we really need to do to get saved. And it blessed my heart thinking about this today. Because I remembered back on Phillips Jerry Road at Statewide Paving when God got a hold of my heart, uh, Hunter, and God began to tell me that it was now or it was never. I had nothing to offer Him. I had nothing that I could give Him, but all I could do was believe. And that's what I did, Benji. I just believed. And I've been saved for almost 31 years now. And, and I, I've messed up and I've doubted and I've stumbled. But I'm glad through, through it all I'm still saved this morning. So as we think about this, we think about maybe the the preaching of the past. And, 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 and I, I mentioned to Brother Ryan Goins this morning. He's, he's a great friend of mine and Brother Ryan and I, we talk about the messages that we're going to preach and things that we're studying and things that we're praying about. And and uh, this morning, we, we're in a, a small little group, <clears throat> and we got on there and said, Hey, boys, we're praying for you. 
and uh, I told them that I'd be preaching about salvation, but but uh, I just felt like I needed to talk to my friend, Brother Ryan. And matter of fact, I've got two or three polos from him this morning that I've not even read. All I did, Brother Jody, was tell him, hey, pray, and he's responded, and I've not even taken time to listen to him. So I have no idea what he's told me to do. I have no idea if I'm fixing to mess up what he's instructing me to do or not. But my, my prayer request to Brother Ryan is, I believe salvation is such... Of course, it's essential. We understand that. But there is such a fine line between easy believism and um, legalism, if you will. And I said, Brother Ryan, I don't want to toe the line, but I also don't want to blur the lines. I don't want to make salvation so simple that it seems unnecessary. But at the same time, we need to make sure that salvation is not so hard that mere men cannot attain it. And so that is my prayer this morning. So if you will, bow your head this morning, and we're going to pray and ask the Lord to touch us, and now we're going to get right into this. God, I sure do love you. And God, I thank you for grace that Kaylee sang about this morning. Oh, my goodness, just the, just the imagination goes wild when I think about all of the things that could have happened all of the places that I could have wound up in, all of the things that that I could have been doing today if it were not for grace. But, Father, I thank You, Lord, for calling unto me and, and drawing me. And, Father, I thank You for giving me that faith to, to believe and to trust in You. God, we thank You, Lord, that I, I, I am. I, I've been saved for 31 years almost, but I'm still just a sinner saved by grace. And God, we pray now that You'd help us as we preach to to stay in the Word, not make assumptions, Lord, but stay in Your Word. And I pray that You'd give me the strength and the utterance to be able to preach it. God, I pray that You would give us clarity of mind and speech. Lord, allow us to do Your will today, and we thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. We we have preached for years about, and I say we as in general, fundamental preachers, we've preached for years about works, salvation, and rightly so. You're not saved by your works. Somebody say amen right there. Now, we, we talked on Wednesday night, we talked on Sunday or Saturday at the Bible study that because we are saved, we will have works. Somebody go ahead and say right there, amen. And so we have we have preached against the work salvation. And what I mean by that is if you want to be saved, you or if you want to remain saved, you have to do good works. Well, that's contrary to Scripture. We have used the gospel, though, as a battering ram, it seems. We have we have told everyone how wicked they are and they are. All right. I'm being very clear on this this morning. We have, we have focused on telling people how wicked they are instead of telling how righteous God is. Now, there's nothing wrong with telling people how wicked they are. We understand that as sinners we are. We emphasize the wages of sin. The Bible says in uh, Romans uh, 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. We understand that we look at those things and, and we look at all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We think about verses like Romans 1.16 though and, and we think about how that the gospel is more than just what we've done wrong. 
The gospel lends to the redemption of the blood or through or by the blood of Christ. The gospel that we need to share today. I don't have a, a thing wrong with Hunter in saying that someone is doing wrong or someone, if they're not believing in Christ, that they are wicked. We all are. But if that's all we focus on, imagine we're just beating someone down and we're never giving them a way out. But then we look at Romans chapter number 1, verse 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's just define the gospel for a moment. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going out and we're whooping everybody over the head with the good news of Christ. We're not really giving them any good news. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There we find that little word all that we're mentioning here in just a moment. We look at Romans chapter number 5, verse number 8. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. These are things that we often forget to mention to the sinner. We tell them how bad they are, but we don't tell how good he is. We leave out verses like Romans chapter 5, verse number 6. For when we were yet a girl without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. We leave out the, the last part of Romans 6, 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be unto God this morning that He gave us a gift of God. I don't know of, of any gift that I've ever given someone and then asked for that thing back, but instead it was freely and wholly and utterly given. And I'm glad that salvation too is given freely to all that would accept it this morning. We'll look at verses like Romans 8, verse number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We look at Romans chapter 10, verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's a lot of talk today, especially in these people that are recovering, from fundamentalism, and I wholeheartedly disagree with them, so don't come at me with no arguments uh, from there, because one of us are going to be wrong, and it won't be me on this. Uh, but this morning, uh, we tend often uh, to try to heap on something else other than faith. Now, I, I, did I read John 3.16? Did I read that? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever tithes, that whosoever confesses all of their sins and names them one by one. No, he didn't say that. He said, whosoever believeth on him shall do what? They're going to be saved. They'll have everlasting life. So, we get into this this morning. I want us to, number one, I want us to know that salvation declares the love of God. Now, I'm not coming at you with no Joel Osteen, let's just love everybody and smile through it type message. That's not what I'm talking about. 
What I'm talking about is biblical love and the biblical love of God. Salvation declares the love of God. It says, for God so loved the world. I believe that God's love, it began before the foundations of the world because it says that Jesus Christ was ordained to die before the foundation of the world. But even if we had to go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, I firmly believe today that God's love is shown to us in creation. I believe that God's love is woven throughout the ages of time. God's love one day in Bethlehem was robed in flesh. God's love was proven on the cross of Calvary one day. Uh, we find that the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, or salvation uh, is showing or declaring the love of God. God's love this morning is available to every single sinner. You, you begin to think in your own life and you begin to look at this person or that person. Maybe you watch the news and you see how vile someone has been and you think something along the lines. Oh, well, they ought to just take them out and shoot them. They ought to hang them. Oh, they ought to just do away with them. But do you realize today that they are a soul in need of salvation and God included them in His plan for salvation? I know it's hard for us to think about, but do you know that little man, that that man, or even that woman, uh, that is so perverted in their mind uh, that they would take a child and they would do ungodly things with that child? Do you realize that that man who, in the dark of night, may take a woman, uh, may do ungodly things to that woman? Do you realize that they are part of the world that God so loved and God designed salvation so that they too might be made free? You see, salvation is about the love of God. This love reaches out to you and it's reached out to me. And I ask you this morning, how do you respond to that type of love? Someone comes to you and they say, I love you. And you don't say, I love you back. That's kind of an awkward situation. How are we to respond to the love of God? We are to love Him back. We're talking about the simplicity of salvation this morning. The Scripture is still Scripture. The preaching of salvation is still true. Yes, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is true. We need to confess our sins. That is true. But for a man to be saved, the Scripture says here that you must believe. Number two, salvation rests on the price paid by Christ. For God so loved the world, listen to this, that He gave His only begotten Son. There was not a word mentioned in chapter 3, verse 16 of the book of John that says Stanley's going to have to die for his sin. To pay for his sins. Not a word, Benji, says that Benji Wisham is going to have to, to pay for his own sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You see, the price, the price that Christ paid on Calvary, that is what salvation rests upon today. 
It's not based on you. It's not based on things that you've done. It's not based on uh, prices that you have issued or, or, or given to God or to the church. None of that matters. What matters today is salvation depends on God giving Christ for all men. Imagine, we're looking at Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He was learned. I believe, personally, he was probably fairly wealthy. But he learned that his religion could not save him. Think about that. You've been taught all your life to obey the law. To obey the law and you can find righteousness with God. We learned yesterday, Brother Jody, that Abraham was found righteous in the sight of God even before the law was ever instituted. Four, four to five hundred years before Moses ever received the law, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What about that? There's something about belief. Oh, now I realize that James says the devils believe also and tremble. But see, what they believe, Brother Jody, is they believe that there is a God. We need to believe that Jesus Christ died for us. I believe that they also believe that Jesus died on the cross. But it's not entered in their hearts that Jesus died for them. But you and I have that assurance through God's Word and through faith that Christ died on the cross for us. This morning, salvation is very simple and it rests upon the cost or the price that Jesus paid on Calvary. Nicodemus was religious, but he learned that religion couldn't save him. He had just learned that God loved him. He had realized that what the law could not do, grace could accomplish. If not for grace. We, we could, we could today abolish everything that the scripture tells us and we could go back to living by the law. But do you realize that most of us wouldn't make it through the week? Most of us wouldn't make it, myself included, we wouldn't make it through the week. But I'm glad, Nathan, that there is grace. And I'm glad that when Jesus died on the cross, He died once. He was one man dying once for all men. For all eternity. Nicodemus realized that the law, it could only take him so far. But it was grace that could take him home. The cross guarantees salvation to every man, woman, boy, and girl that would accept the call of God. Number three today, salvation is by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number eight and verse number nine, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. By grace are you saved through faith. Salvation is by grace 
through faith. Let's look at our text. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here it is that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those who believe in Christ will not perish. That's Bible. That's not me. That's not trying to make up some doctrine. That's not trying to put a nice little bow on it. That's Bible. If you believe in Christ, you will not perish. There's no mention of works. There's no mention of money. Simply trusting in the Savior. What a, what a relief it is, or it must have been, that rushed over Nicodemus when he realized, you, you understand that, that he said things like this in verse number 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That confused Nicodemus. He said again in verse number 7, Marvel not that I say to thee, you must be born again. Nicodemus was trying to reckon everything through the law, and he could not do that. But when Jesus began to tell him that it was only through belief in the one that was sitting across the table from him, Jesus Christ, things began to make sense. That same relief today can be yours. Now, I want I want to tell you something in in conclusion, whatever you want to call it. All we have to do is believe. Brother Lee, that's Bible. Brother Terry, Brother Bobby, what do we do with these verses about confession? What do we do with this teaching about confession? Well, I read you one over in Romans chapter number 10, I believe it is, verse number 10. It says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. We, we read on, uh, Wednesday night, I believe it was. We read over in Hebrews chapter number 11. Chapter number 11. It says, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham. If you turn the page, you'll see by faith Isaac, by faith Joseph, By faith Moses, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not. It is by faith. It is by faith that a man or a woman or child believes. It is so simple they must believe. What are they to believe? Well, Romans chapter number 10. I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter number 10 says this. I'm just going to read these few verses. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Notice what it says, confess, Samuel. Right here it doesn't say confess your sins, confess your faults. It doesn't say list them out. It says confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. This word confess, it means to agree. Agree that the Lord Jesus is the Son of God. And and shout, believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead Thou shalt be saved. That's how simple salvation is today. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of folks today, Brother David kind of mentioned this just a little bit, uh, just, really just, just a little snippet of this. There's a lot of folks that want to go to heaven. 
There's, I, I remember, and I've given my testimony when I was just a young boy. A man asked, does anybody want to go to heaven? And my hand raised. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know of anybody that does not want to go to heaven. So my hand raised. He says, OK, if you want to go to heaven, repeat after me. And I repeated some words, have no idea what they were. And he told me I was saved. There was no drawing of the of the Holy Ghost. There really was no gospel given. There was no scripture given. We played some games. We we did some little uh, worksheets, but no gospel was given. No one told me that there was a hell. They said, do you want to go to heaven? That sounded pretty good to me. I'll go to heaven. But I want us to know today there is a hell. And if we're going to be saved, we have to believe today that Jesus Christ did die for us. And the reason he died for us is to save us from the death and the penalty and the price of sin that rests upon us. And we must believe that he rose again the third day. Brother Bobby, do you realize that if Jesus had not risen on that third day, he would have been just like every other man that died? He would have been rotten in that grave today. Uh, there would be uh, monuments around that, that stone that says, Here lies the body of Christ, a great man, a great teacher, prophet, master, priest, whatever. But no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't keep him in the, gra- in the grave because this was not just man, this was God, man. And he got up. And if we're going to believe, Romans chapter 10, verse number 9 says, we must believe that he rose on the third day. So what do we do with this teaching of confession? Well, over in Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. Let me, let me just clarify this in case you're wondering. Confession of sin is absolutely scriptural. It is scriptural. I'm not saying to be saved there there is no confession of sin. But listen, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did on Calvary, confession will come. Righteousness will come. Living a holy life will come. But the thing that you must do... Is believe on the Lord. Do you know the reason why, Nick? Do you realize the reason why we bow and say, God, will you please forgive me of my sin and save my soul? It's because that we believe that Jesus Christ can do it. How can He do it? Why did, why wouldn't we say, Stanley, will you please forgive me of my sin and save my soul and come into my heart and let me live ever? Because we know that you're just like us. But Jesus proved that He was not just like any other man because He died and He rose again. So, Acts chapter number 2, verse number 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He says, Repent. Repentance is scriptural. Let's again, let's define repentance. It is a turning away from. You are repenting of your sin. So you are turning away from your sin. But guess what happens when we believe he moves into us. We realize that those same things don't jive just right within us. And we begin to turn away from those things. Acts chapter 3, verse number 19. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted. 
that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 17, verse 30. And the times of ignorance or and the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. What about first Corinthians, second Corinthians, excuse me, chapter seven, verse number 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. There's a lot of folks, as I mentioned in James, the devils believe also and tremble. There's a lot of folks that believe on God, but they don't believe in what he's done for them. They don't believe that they don't they have not put their faith and their trust in him. They believe that he is somewhere. That's why we hear, well, the man upstairs is going to take care of me. Listen. Listen, I, I realize we're all country. But when I start hearing somebody start talking about the man upstairs immediately, I wonder, do they really know who this is? Because he's, he's, listen, he's more than just a man upstairs. When people start talking about God being old, and you know, we see cartoons of God old, got a long beard. We, we hear, we hear the booming voice of God, and, and way back decades ago, God was depicted as some old man, and I don't know what he looks like. I have no idea. But I know he's not on Geritol. He's not in the rocking chair. He's not about to kick the bucket. He's not the old man upstairs. He is God. He is righteous. He is holy. He is majestic. He is supreme. He is sovereign. He is all of those things. And He desires, He demands rather, our worship. And if we are going to believe on Him, that's the God that we need to be believing in. But there's a lot of folks that believe that there is a God. They've not trusted Him. They're not depending on Him. You realize that the reason you come to church is not to please me. You may come to church so I don't call or text you or come visit you. That may be why you're here. But if your heart is right, the reason that you are here is because you want to, to, to serve the Lord. You want to give Him the glory. You may be here for fellowship, but there's something deeper than that. The reason why we only have 40 or so people in, in here is because the majority of the people outside of our walls, they don't have a relationship with God like we have. So what are we to do with this idea of confession? We're not to discount it at all. But know that belief in Christ leads to salvation. Once you are saved, then confession is made. See, we, we try to jumble everything together. And we say, alright, if you want to be saved, the time is right. God's convicted you. God's called you. It's time now. Alright, you gotta get down there. You gotta admit that you're a sinner. You gotta believe that Jesus Christ can do this. You gotta confess all your sins. You gotta do this. You gotta join the church to receive baptism. Uh, and, and we start listing off all these things, but it's as simple as believing in Christ. I believe it was Brother Josh Adams or somebody. It was Brother Josh. He was testifying when he was singing. and Whatever song it was, I can't remember. It was kind of leading up to that. And his daughter, 
they were going around one night and they were just talking. And he said, hey, y'all tell me, what are you thankful for? And so they went around and he said, this is pretty good. Tell, just Let's go around and let's just give everybody, this is just the five of them, let, let's just give our testimonies. And he got to the youngest one and then he got to her. And she said, Daddy, I'm struggling. And he began to ask the question, what are you struggling with? She's in church all of her life. She sat under some of the best preaching this world could ever offer. She's made a profession of faith, but she was struggling. She said, Daddy, I don't think I'm saved. And he said something to the fact that she turned around and she started weeping. And she, she bowed her head and asked the Lord to save her. And he said, I believe that as soon as she said, I'm struggling, she got saved. And I don't have a problem with that. Because the reason she was struggling is because there was a disconnect somewhere. She had seen it. She had heard it. She had, she had noticed. She knew all the things she was supposed to do. But when confronted with her relationship with Christ, she said, I don't have it. But in those, I'm struggling, those two words, Brother Benji, she said, she said, I believe. I just don't have it. And she turned and she began to cry out to God. Psalm 40, verse number 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me, and heard my cry, and lifted me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Somewhere in the middle of that, He established my goings. He says, many shall see it and fear. The reason that salvation has become so hard for people today is because we've made it so hard. It's as simple as the, the Sunday school verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, y'all say it with me, believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I, I, I'm, I'm done, but I want us to get this last verse that I read. I read it on purpose. This blessed my heart. It does every time. For Verse 17, for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. What about that? Jesus could have come in and He could have turned every table over He wanted to. He could have whooped every one of them that was alive then and said, absolutely not, I'm cutting it off right now. James Burke will never be born on June 20th, 1979. It's never going to go that far. It's not going to happen. But instead of doing that, instead of condemning the world to die, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's a blessing to me to know. Look at verse number 18. He that believeth on Him is not. Condemn. You see, we, we talk about the condemnation of sinners all the time, and that's true. But Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Let's come with a song of invitation this morning. Let's, let's not forget the simplicity of salvation. We often make it harder than it needs to be. But today, the Scripture says, it promise us, promises us, that we can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I'm thankful for that today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for your word. God, I realize I may have stumbled all over my words today.
Lord, I realize I may not have said things just right, but I pray that Your Holy Spirit will begin to move in the hearts of these folks that are here today. God, maybe those that are saved, Lord, just need to be reminded that they are saved. Maybe they need to be reminded of how simple it is. And maybe You'll let them think back to that day or that night that they got saved and how simple it was. And how they didn't say all the right things. They just believed that You could save them. And You did. Or maybe there's somebody here, maybe a young man here this morning that needs to be saved. Lord, they're, they're, they, they've done all the right things. They come when they can come. They, 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 they sit there. They pay attention. But Lord, something's missing. Father, I pray that they'll not think it's too hard for them to get saved. But God, I ask You today that You would let them realize that if they would just believe, they could be saved. Have Your will today. God, we thank You and we praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.